Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Sex Actually podcast. How is everybody doing today? It is your host, Dave Neal. Hey, this little pre-episode ramble, uh, I had a great chat with uh, my co-host Tasha Courtney and also Alex Hooper, a hilarious stand-up comedian, a funny guy, super inspirational. I really hope you guys love this episode. I know you will. But uh, last episode, I'm talking about how, like, I recorded it Sunday night. I'm talking about how, you know, the world's a good place, stick together, blah, blah, blah. And then what the fuck happens in Vegas, you know what I mean? But what are we going to do? What are we going to do? The the human condition is to move on and love and smile and cry. And, you know, you see the outpouring of positivity that happens after such a horrific incident caused by one nut job. And, you know, it's... It's hard to say. I haven't posted on social media since then because what are you going to do? What are you going to do? I get it. There's a time and a place. People debate what's right and wrong. But it's like what we can all agree on is that I think in general humans, you know, we don't put up with that shit, right? We have a tribe and we take care of each other. And when something hor- horrible like that happens, you know, we don't we don't accept it. We don't accept that as the norm. And I, I think um, I think we've shown that, you know, everyone's donating their blood and, you know, just saying, you know, sharing lovely stories about the the heroes of the incident and this and that. And, you know, I'm not too eloquent talking about it, but man, is it really um, inspirational to watch all the, the good that comes from such a fucking shit situation. So anyway, speaking of good, this episode, uh, Alex is such a fun, inspirational, hardworking guy. Uh, he tells a story about, you know, being a guy that he thought girls wanted him to be and then coming into his own. And it's uh, it's a story that's so similar to what most people uh, deal with in their life, you know, being a projection of what other people want and then finding out that they have to be genuine to themselves and being a better person for it. And that's all we can do. So um, I appreciate Alex and his authenticity. I appreciate all of you who listen and support the show and um, everyone who's a part of this podcast. I really... I love what we're doing. I hope you guys do too. Enjoy the episode. Go for it. You got your cans, Tasha? You good? I'm all set. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, we're with Alex Hooper today. Hello. Hello. uh, I've been wanting to have you on the podcast for quite a long time. I think you're, you're the comic that everyone in Los Angeles knows. Oh really? Everybody, if everybody knows me. I mean, I don't even know if we ever officially met. You, it's like critical mass was just so high. Like we had like seven hundred friends and co- you know what I mean. Isn't that scary when you start looking? You're like, how do I know over a thousand people that this person also knows? Because isn't the human brain only supposed to hold like two hundred? Yeah, I feel at like you time? have a cap. Yeah, like there's definitely a max. You and can't you know remember. What? Facebook keeps on bringing people into my life. I don't. No, like they're like, oh, maybe you want to reunite with this guy. And I'm like, I don't know you anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I find that about, especially it happens with women on my Facebook because they change their names when they get married. Yes. And so like people that I, you know, didn't really know in high school, but you know, were maybe a couple years older or friends of friends or whatever. Now they look completely different. They have a different name. I don't know where I know them from. Sometimes you don't even know who you know that got engaged when it happens just because they like, I'm like, I don't know who either of you people. Yeah. <laughs> Which one of you is my she, friend? She changes her last name and then she puts her new shitty kid as the profile photo, and then it's like 
two per- people removed. For, you know what I mean? Like you should you should have to take a quiz every year as to how you know. So well, that that's too time consuming. There's no <laughs> way around it. Yeah. I just and this is sad, but like you know how it has birthday notifications that yeah. pop up. I unfriend so many people on their birthdays. Do you really? I just like you're I cool. <laughs> no, you monster. It just it's a reminder of like I have no clue who this person is, and if I don't know who they are. I don't feel, and it, it sounds silly, but it, I feel like I, I'm not safe having them in my social circle. Yeah. It's like, a, I understand that. It's like, a, I don't know. I just. But that's how women and men differ. Like we, we're not, no, no one's threatening men. No one's stalking us and look and jacking off to our photos. You know yeah. what I mean? So I, I tend but, to be. Dudes uh, do that to girls. They're like literally like thirsty. We, that's the theme of the podcast. Yeah. They're just thirsty. Just dudes are thirsty. And you Someone have- actually messaged me very recently, like this week, and said, hey, Tasha, do you remember me from college? No. 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 I don't want to. It was a guy, and I, I've got no clue who this person is. I don't know if I had classes with them or whatever. Was he trying whatever. to hit on you, or is he just trying to reconnect? I don't know. I didn't answer. Tasha's got one of those like fake profile, like Facebook names. Like It's not her. Yeah. No, it's not Tasha Courtney. Smart. It's like she's so, but she doesn't even, but then she's got a Tasha Court, like her actual name is her professional page. And like more people follow that probably because they don't know how to get in touch with you. I think you could figure it out. I, I feel like you, it's hard to hide on Facebook these days. Like maybe you used to be able to hide on Facebook, but people pop up like, especially the way that they're like linked through like Instagram. If it, like if you follow a person somewhere, also their profile yeah. on Facebook like pops up. It's terrifying. Like if I likes one person's photo on Instagram, someone that I haven't thought about on Facebook for like two years, all of a sudden I only see their posts from like the yeah. past like month. Or like, like people you may know. But you, like ever, it, you ever look at your other's messages? Oh That's yeah. That's some crazy shit. Yeah. You ever, because sometimes there's people that have tried to get in touch with you that are real people. I mean, 90% of it's like porn, like, uh, you know, spam. like spam. But then once in a while there's someone who's like actually like li- a legit person and it's like you find it two years later and you're like, whoops. Yeah, sorry about that. I've missed like multiple bookings because of that. Yeah. Because somebody I didn't know just sent me dude, something. A dude messaged me. I found out two years later and he was accusing me of cheating on his fiance. Whoa. Well, on his girlfriend. He was like, I know you're fucking my girlfriend. And this, this is, yep. Yeah, this what? is. Well, then you weren't the one cheating. I I've never heard this well, story this before. Story and this I... is like, I've heard all of your stories six times each. <laughs> well, so I this accused is... Dave of fucking my girlfriend. So <laughs> Tasha's heard every story I have. This is one that I've like sugar, I've like kind of like, I didn't want to, I didn't want it to be too specific where the guy finds out, but like, because I didn't want to fuck up his life. But basically, he had messaged me accusing me of, of like hooking up with his girlfriend. And he was about, to propose to her and he wanted to know like whether or not we actually hooked up because that was going to decide whether or not he proposed to her. Whoa. Now I got these messages, I don't know, a year, six months. I didn't get, I, I got a message that was sent to my website messages. Like, you know, like you can contact someone through their website. Like no one, no one messages me. I don't have fan mail. No. Nothing. No, me nothing. neither. I've got a dude who was going to decide whether or not to get engaged as the only guy that's Googled my name. You know what I mean? Yeah. So he messaged me on that. And then, and then because of that, I saw all these Facebook messages from him that just spammed because I wasn't friends with him. And sure enough, by the time I clicked on it, he was engaged to her. Oh, so I, I, was just wow. like, I was just like, I don't think I ever responded to him. I think I was like, you know what? 
No, no so response. So did you fuck his girlfriend? No. Like, I wasn't <laughs> Tasha. At this point, you should say, by the way, I did fuck your girlfriend, by the way. You should send it back now once you saw they got engaged. Be like, oh, yeah, I plowed her a multiple times later. in your bed. It was such like a weird, like, you got to come in hot with that. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. That's weird. That it's like, is. What it's kind like of almost are like you building where that's, that's over the top creepy. Like, you went out of your way to message other dudes. Like, yeah. you don't trust her. That just seems like a very rocky foundation for a Starting your marriage. Yeah, and it's crazy to put that that kind of like trust in you as well the, of someone like I don't really know you, but did you fuck my girlfriend? Because if not, I'm not going to give her this ring that yeah. I like, spent nine thousand dollars on. Where's your ownership? Where's your decision making power? Like that's. Oh, and I, I got I got a second one. I got a second one. Uh, in college, I was a senior, and there was like we knew. You, it was in a fraternity, so like girls would come to the fraternity, and like you just get to you get to know everyone. There's like we would you would throw a party, and people either showed up or they didn't. So we'd become friends with. Are you going to turn the air conditioning off? Yes, I All am. Right, thank you. So um, so there's this one girl. Her name was Andrea. She's married now with fake boobs. That's all I know about her. She got her boobs <laughs> done. She got her boobs done, and she has. And I think she had twins. And but anyway, there were. She was apparently. She does have twins. Yeah, fake twins. Yeah, big fake tint yeah. twins. So Andrea Pepicelli. That's her. Fucking, that was her name. Yeah, you literally just yeah, blurted her name's it out. Andrea Pepicelli. No, now she's married, so her name's changed to um, a baseball player. So <laughs> anyway, a nice guy. Uh, but so she's a freshman in college. I'm a senior. I know her. You know, praying group photos together. My buddy Whitey's in the photo. All these things. And this dude messages me, and he's like, freaking the fuck out. Stay away from my girl. Blah blah blah. So I. And this is. I mean, ten years ago. This is like a lo- longer than t- twelve years ago. So, uh, so I'm, I click on the guy, and it's like, you know, some weird podunk town, and he's not in college or whatever. Like, I was like, the kid. I was like, dude. I like took him under my wing, and I was like, man, you gotta like. Just let her be, bro. Like, do your thing. And, like, yeah. it turned into, like, a nice mentor thing or, like, a couple exchanges back and forth. And by the end, he he went from being like, fuck you, man, blah, 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 to at the end. He was like, dude, man, I really appreciate the time, blah, blah, blah. And that was, like, the first time I've ever dealt with, like, a troll and sort of spun it. And, like, what's wrong with you? Like, you're, like you dated this girl. She's in college now. Like, this and that. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I wonder, like, if you made a lasting difference in this guy's life. Like, I don't know. Some people are crazy and like, maybe you fix them for one day and then they go back to being crazy. But maybe, maybe you changed his whole worldview. I, I could be a relationship that. expert now, thanks to you. <laughs> or just like a psycho and he just hates dudes named Dave. <laughs> but like, that was another example of like, I clearly wasn't this guy's problem. I wasn't his problem. But like, have you ever had that where you don't know you're someone's enemy or so, or something like that where like someone just doesn't like you? And you're I like, try to keep as few enemies as possible. I can't imagine I have that many out there just because I, I tend to be a very kind and warm person. You, you are very if, well liked. Anytime I hear somebody hates me, I'm just like I, I, all I can think is like oh cool like good at least at least I have a couple out there get, you know <laughs> I get you know sometimes if I'm not smiling like I'm on a mic I'm just like st- in my own head people will be like dude what's wrong like they'll think I'm an asshole because you get like resting asshole face yeah for sure but that's just something that you forget to be like you forget that you, that it's like people are looking at you and this and that yeah bubbly I, all the time I thought you didn't like me because yeah. Uh, we, I have a very <laughs> clear memory of, of of trying to park on that street next to the Lyric Hyperion Theater. Yeah, you know where you're trying to park. It's a very tight street, and I'm like parking. And sometimes you don't get the three point turn right away. You got to back out or something. Yeah. And I was like, kind of, I was, I wasn't quite in my spot yet. And you drove by, like, like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> but like, I have tinted windows.
videos. So you don't even, it's not like you're saying that to me. Do you have road rage? Are you sort of like, I am, I'm that person. I holler at everyone. And it's like my worst fear that I'm going to be like on my way to a job and like honking the horn or like up in somebody's face. And like, they're going to pull into the same job as me. Tosh is brutal. No, I'm Zen. I'm Los Angeles has made me Zen as fuck on the roads. Like, because I understand that there's nothing I can do because we're all waiting here together. And so I have just learned to be so chill in my car that no matter what is going on, I'm like, it's fine. That's how I am. It's fine. If you if you're chill versus the most aggressive driver in the world, it's gonna make about ninety seconds of a difference. Yeah. You're gonna be an hour drive, me versus Tasha, she'll beat me by a car's length. But yeah. she'll be white knuckled, motherfucker, Asian I, mean, I, I just sit in that one lane and I just go. Yeah, I used to pull up to car. If a car would like honk at me and then like speed around me, we'd end up at the same light. I'd feel I'd roll up and be like, <laughs> feel good away. about yourself, you know? Like, you've, <laughs> yeah, you how's right? that feel? Like, and I don't do it anymore because I don't want to be like an ass. But that's actually the same way I handle hecklers. So when somebody, if somebody ever heckles me like aggressively, I really, I just, I literally stop instead of going like, all right, man, I'm, I'm like, you know, I can roast you if I want to, but instead I'm like, hang on. What's going on with you? Yeah. Like, let's talk about. <laughs> let's talk about your issues. Let's talk about why you feel the need to. Like, we'll cut yell into out. my stage time for your therapy time. And, and I know, <laughs> like, it's not it's not always good to like give people a voice when they're heckling and stuff like that. But with trolls, it's the same way. Like, you could say, like, they could come at you with whatever vitriol they have, and it's like, oh yeah, well, what's your uh, what's your deal, man? Like, what's going on? I get I get heckled like trolls all the time. I do these bachelor recap videos all the time. People, because yeah. it's it's a very divisive thing, and and. Almost all the time, it ends with them either liking me or, or like, hey, man, yeah, sorry, I came off kind of rude. I didn't realize you'd respond to this. And it's like, why wouldn't I respond? I get 10 comments. It's not like I get 10,000 comments and I wouldn't respond. Yeah. It's like, we're humans. If someone in the room, if we're like on stage and someone in the room says like a dick thing, like we can hear, our senses are heightened on stage, right? You usually can't see them, which boosts up your ability to hear shit because sure. like, you're changing. But how it's that whole faceless thing. It's the same when you're behind a computer. Like you forget that the person on the other end of that computer is a person, not yeah. just like a. Th- you know, we. I respond to every like I, like I don't get a lot of hate stuff, but like when I did roast battle like on on, on Comedy Central, they like I got so much stuff like tweeted, really, and I would respond to every single tweet, just like thank you so much for taking the time to reach out. <laughs> and call me a stupid queer. I really appreciate it. And then for almost every time, they would turn around and be like, oh, uh, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, man. I actually thought you were really good. Because you know why? Like, we look at trolls as like the, the fucking strong dude who like shoved you in a locker. They're just pussies. No, they're, just, they're like, so afraid. They're so yeah. afraid. They're not the guy that like... You know what I mean? They're just yeah, it's just such a weird and it's it's pretty much men, right? I don't think I women, think so. I've never commented on any internet video ever that just, I've ever seen. We give them way too much respect. It's just like kids or or teens or de- or like cubicle monkeys, like people that just have nothing better to do. Yeah, for sure. That's so, that's how they get a, off. Like they they type those little comments and they're like, Ugh, that felt yeah, they good. get a little thrill from it. For, for sure, sure. They do. yeah. And then so because by doing roast battle for those that don't know, roast battles is like a phenomenon. Like, like it's it's like this kind of grassroots underground cage fight of comic versus comic on stage, and then became on Comedy Central. So you got to do it on Comedy Central. Yeah. How I mean, how how nerve wracking is that? You know, it was it was nerve wracking because it wasn't just like it was it wasn't like I was doing a set that I had prepared for late night that I'd done these jokes like thousands of times. These were like oh. 
I've never done these jokes before ever yeah. and I'm just about to put them on TV and then I'm going to get horribly made fun of like at the same time. So I just kind of had to gear myself up for that. But honestly, like when I finally when I got to the TV stage of it, I just told myself like to, I was like just just don't be nervous. Have fun. Like this is why we this is why you do this, you yeah. know? All those crappy open mics and all these times when you waited for 3 hours and ended up doing 3 minutes at 1 a.m. for no people like this is the time when I can truly enjoy being yeah. here and so it was uh it was nerve-wracking but only because i you know you never know how those things are gonna go you've done them before you fumble like a line yeah just, just a just a word and then they're just right they're just ready to attack you it, oh yeah it's i don't know if it's the most nervous i've ever been on stage but it is the anxiety right beforehand because you can only memorize the jokes you want to say so much before you fuck them up or don't fuck them up. Yeah, it takes something. It take it does something to you because it's you just it is like getting ready for a fight. It's like getting ready for a sporting event where you know you're gonna have to battle and you know you have to give everything you have out there, but you really don't know the outcome. Like when you go into a set, like you kind of like, all right, I, I know what's gonna work and what's not. Whether and how I don't know how much they're gonna give me back. Yeah. But sometimes you you write a roast joke and you're like, I love this joke, and then you do it. And you're just like waiting, and then it just gets nothing, and you're like, oh. yeah. And then and they, you, have, and, and then you, everybody and laughs like, at you. And then you're like, you literally say it with this like smirk in your head, like this is gonna fucking kill. Yeah. And then you're like, what is it? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, I, I was three and three. I mean, you, you've done, you've done. I mean, what's your, almost, I think twenty. I think I've done twenty. Yeah. And did you just decide to stop or what? I haven't done one in a while because I just, I, I've been working on other projects, and I, I, I'll get back to it eventually. But I also felt like I need to do other things. Where I peaked. I, I got as high as I can get on that show. Like right, I got, right. I got what I wanted out of it. I got to wear a tail on TV and things like that. Like I just, you know, I did, got everything I needed. Who and were so the judges no, when you did it on TV? Uh, I did it four times on TV. So wow. I had different ones. I had, I had John Mayer and Sarah Silverman, Whitney Cummings and uh, Ken Jong, And then I had like Rogan and Kimmel and Crystalia and Sebastian yeah, and Jeff Ross, obviously, but yeah, it was no, it was it was great. It was the best. It was so so much fun. It's cool to get for to the community. That. It's cool to have something that you know the common folk can appreciate, but it's really for the comics. It is. You know what I mean? It's really like it's one like stand up comedy is for the audience. This is like literally for the comics. It's like. And it's just it's just insane what goes on in that room Tuesday nights. It's just ins- I remember seeing Jeremiah Watkins get it, uh, his pubes shaved. One on of stage. my favorite memories. <laughs> I love. Yeah, what he the shaved. Fuck. Yeah, it was amazing. And then they and, and then, then they, they blew and then they like put it up in the and then they dust and then Jamar dustpan yep. it and then someone blew, blew it, it out it of the, the air. Yep. That's like, so like, gross. You can't. The you battle can't. was so bad that they gave the win to the pubes. And there's, <laughs> there were, there's a picture. There's like a perfect picture that Troy Conrad took of where all that's in. Focus is the pubes on the ground, like because uh, it's in like it's in like a tuft of hair, like and it's in the, the the mortifying sound. I mean, it, to me, it sounded yeah. like a school shooting. No, no, because like the people in the audience were like, ah! like they, they were like people were like didn't know what to do with themselves. I think I remember telling, when pubes were flying at their faces. It, it was yeah, like a, I'll bet. It, but it was like little. He, he's like a blonde kid, so it's like these light, and then and then you just see this little like nuclear bomb of pubes in the air and you know that shit's it's like when the dog when the dog shakes in 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 like we're like eating dinner it's disgusting because like the dog's hair is flying to the air yeah. this is a kid's crutch he said it was a three-month build-up to that joke basically because he just so had to he had to stay ungroomed for three months 
I mean, much worse things have happened on that stage. Like, I've, yeah. I, the stories I've heard of what have happened in the belly room are, you know. Well, I, I don't think you can cross. I mean, Ari Shafir threw a, a, a cup of his own urine at somebody. <gasps> yes. That was in New York, though, I believe. That was, yeah, that was in New York. Like, and that person was already, had already cut themselves with a razor on their forehead, so they were bleeding down their face. What? So urine went in their open wound. This is a, and I only know this because multiple people have told me uh, you, every like, cant of the tale. You are supposed to go to the hospital for it's, that kind of stuff. That now is, you, like, now you get booked on another show. Yeah, <laughs> that's the point where I just go, like, why are you doing this? But it's like how, how, But how great does it feel? Like Tasha, Tasha, she's a model. She works in uh, different fashion for you know. For, what would you say? You you do like some print Everything. stuff, some yeah. catalog, some like um, showroom. But like that's like a di- that world is very much. It's just different. We're, we are we are the class like. We're the losers of of standups are the losers of entertainment. Where like you're Tasha's in that world where like images, everybody takes themselves very seriously. And we're like, if we take ourselves too seriously, it's like you're an idiot, right? You're just like you can't you can't get too angry if you lose a, a or if you get if you're bombing. You just have to smile and like grit yourself through it. What do you like, mean? Why do you consider us the losers of entertainment? Because I, mean I think we're the winners. Well, well, I, I we're mean the ones it, that get to say whatever we want. Yeah. But I just say it's it's the least it's one of the least respected until you're at a certain level like people like yes. but we respect each other but people I feel like until you've reached a certain level they're like ugh I I would say improv's probably worse but I don't think improv counts as like when I think of the industry I think of like I think of print commercial theatrical like comedy I don't know, I think of live stage improv I don't know if it's I don't I don't know but I I love what we do but. This just in, Dave is no longer allowed at UCB. <laughs> Banned forever. I just des- decided to start taking Groundlings classes. Oh, that's just good. Just because I want to, like, I don't do, you're you're like a big act, you do a lot of act outs and you sing on stage. Like, you're, you're yeah, I you're try a, to, yeah, I try to have fun up there. I appreciate mm. that so much. I don't know, I don't go far into it, impressions and things like that. And I would like to. I just, like, I don't know. I don't know what kind of fear I haven't broken through with that. Sometimes it's just to make up for lackadaisical writing. Like, sometimes the best, like, I'm just like, well, this isn't at that great of a bit, but if I sell it really hard yeah. and do something crazy, then maybe it will be. I remember someone being like, yeah, you know, these these idiots, they just yell their punchlines, and I was like, oh, boy. <laughs> That's 80% of my jokes, like, and then I said, fuck you! That was me for the, like, I was a screamer for the first few years I did comedy, and I was very, just like, always at a 10, yeah. and then now I've learned learned how to weave in and out and only get to that level every once in a while, but like stay mostly at like a three or a four no, and but you're, then you're just great. escalate. You're, you, you do a very good job with it. I mean, you're, because I've, in the limited times I've seen you, you're, you're able to kind of, it's, it's like a, it's like in a song, you have to hit those, those high notes and that crescendo, but yeah. it has to be like, that's got to be the stamp on it. Yeah. I mean, I'm not telling people how to do their comedy, but it's like when you see the guys like Chappelle or, or certain comics that can literally just be silent on stage and then say something and then like so soft and the whole place is listening to them. And it's just like that, that it, it almost takes more nerves to be quiet in those moments. Oh, for sure. And then when you want to turn it on, it's like boom. And then they're just with you. It's like a roller coaster. Like you can't just be going downhill at 100 miles an hour all the time. Like there needs to be slow creeps that build up so the audience is building building tension and they're not really sure and they, they kind of know what's coming but they don't at the same time like you always I always feel like every set you have to take them on a ride and yeah. you have to just like start at one place and then have a goal in the mind to finish but how you weave your way around to it is just you and, know, and if everything's you. a 10 nothing's a 10 right 
it's like you you need to like have a ten, but like to appreciate the ten, you've got to like have six. Oh, we should take her around to clubs and <laughs> tell people that. Oh, should, you know, there's nothing worse than when Tasha sees me not do well. Ah! <laughs> you know, like I mean, I, they, a lot of people feel like they will always bomb in front of their girlfriend or significant other. I can take it up a notch when she's not there because I can then I can use her in a way I can't. When she's there, what does that mean? Uh, I'll tell you. I said, "Lower He your uses you all the time. <laughs> I, can, I can talk about. I can just talk about. I can like talk about how. It's just like I don't know. Do you feel that way? Like, does your girlfriend watch your stand up? Very rarely. She comes to things. If she comes to any like major thing. I well, do. Well, you just had like, your you just had your album recording, right? Yeah, she this, came to that. So she, how did that? This that was this past Friday, right? Saturday. Yeah, that Saturday. was it. Was it was incredible. I mean, it was like it was. Uh, I did it at Meltdown Comics, and there was like a hundred people packed in the room. Amazing, and amazing it was, space. Yeah, I've I've listened. I've I've performed there many times. I love that space. I've listened to albums that have been done in there, and they sound so good because it's low ceilings, wooden walls. Like you know everything. Just absorbed in there. How did you? How did you go about getting that process going of recording your album? I told myself, like honestly, I wanted to do it like two years ago, and I talked myself out of it because I just said, like, don't do it now. Like, wait a couple more years. Wait till you're. Because I thought I was like, I have enough material to do it, and I think I'm ready to do it. And I'm really glad that I told myself I wasn't going to do it yet because then in the next two years, I built such a better hour than what I already had. But I basically just gave myself a deadline this year. I said, this year I'm gonna record an album, and I'm gonna. And then it got to like May, and I was like. I keep saying the fall, so when am I going to do it? And I literally just I just sent Meltdown an email saying, I, these are the dates I have available. Can I do it? And they were like, yep, this is the room rental fee. This is that. And then I started. So then it was locked in, and I was like, now I have to get ready. Yeah. So I started booking myself stupid on the road, and then I started approaching labels, and I ended up getting back from a, like a, the, a label, a special thing. Records hit me back, and they were like, yeah, we like you. We'd love to do this. And I didn't even know they knew who I was. Oh, so you got uh, them on board before you recorded it. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. Great. I, this is like ask for things. I like I've I've been doing it for years, and I've been trying to instill it in other comics that are like I don't know. I just don't want to like be a nag. I don't want to ask. For and if things. you have something you're working towards, it's much easier. Like when people book a Conan set, right? They'll they can tell any club, I am I've got to work out my five minute Conan bid. Do you mind let me in? Sure. Yeah. It's like they've got something tangible that they have. And if you like, did you find it like how hard was it to work on your hour? I just, become, living in a town where you're only, people are only giving you seven to ten minutes. Well, you just can't do it here. Like, I would take any show that I could get here, but I just, I reached out to all my contacts that I have, like, in, like, San Diego, Arizona, San Francisco, like, uh, San all, Jose. Yeah, all yeah. over the place. And so I was going to, like, Fresno and stuff like that. Anywhere where I could do a one-nighter or a weekend where I could do the hour, no matter how many in front of people or no matter what the circumstances were, I just went on the road for four weeks straight. Just doing it and refining it Um, Because you do have to do I know I had the time But I don't get to do an hour in LA We don't get to go past 10 minutes So I had to do it Doing four 15 minute sets is not the same as doing a full I I haven't done an hour It's not though And I learned that really early on I remember like Kyle Kinane said that about his first album He's like you know LA will teach you to have have six 10 minute sets And you call it an hour But like you should actually like refine it as an hour And the things you learn when you do the full hour Is you cl- I cleaned it up so much and I tightened everything nice. and I got rid of all the fat and I was just like by being I'm not afraid to walk on stage and know that I'm going to do an hour anymore whereas a year ago knowing like every time I went on stage to do like 45 minutes I was like 
mortified. Sure. I'm like, how am I possibly going to stand up there that long? That's incredible. So when does it come out? Do you have a date? or Probably you... February. There's a couple releases ahead of mine, and I, I have uh, I have another project that I'm releasing in the next couple months that I have to get ahead Amazing. of that. Well, you'll so. have to come back when it's like when it's got a, like a launch date. You'll have to come back on the show and promote it, because I'm sure people would love to check yeah, it out. Yeah, please. It's called Hugs, Drugs, Pugs, being released there by a special thing. It's the three things that changed my life. So Hugs, <laughs> Pugs, and Drugs. Hugs, Pugs, in and Drugs. In that order? Uh, what's the, I guess the order would really be drugs, hugs, pugs. So, I think would probably be the more appropriate order. So you're a pug, <laughs> so you're a pug family. We're a Bassett family. I, yeah. I feel like there should be like a calendar, like comedians and their dogs or something. You know, I'm that making a actually, calendar, right? Really? Oh yeah. That's, that's the project. <laughs> that's the project I just hinted towards, but didn't say anything. So oh, did I blow in, it up? No, Sorry. no, no, no. That's I'm, so I'm, funny. I'm so happy to talk about this because we're actually launching on October 5th. I'm making a pug yoga calendar of Aww. my pug and I doing yoga together all over I Los Angeles. I must have seen photos then. That must've been in my like subconscious. You yeah, I mean? somewhere in there. I post them every once in a while. Like you can follow us on Instagram at Namaste Pug. Um, but I have I have two of them. One was rescued from Mexico, and the other one from Korea. And the Korean wow. one is just incredibly chill, and she's a little bit older, and she's just Does very she speak calm. Korean? She speaks fluent Korean. I don't understand Tasha. a word she says. Tasha could talk to her. Tasha speaks Korean. No, I don't. Tell us something. I know Tasha. like five words in Korean. I just know Anyang. That's all I know. <laughs> that was so bad. And what did you just say? It's like hi and bye. It's everything. And it's oh, yeah, not, yeah, so. that's not exact. That's just what it sounded like to me. So yeah. I would just like, like a uh, mumble did you go to it. Korea? Yeah. I lived cool. there for like three months, four months. Cool. And, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was whatever, it's, but my Korean was very poor. And, but if you mumble and like make an attempt that they're, they're okay with it. You know, yeah, Tasha's Korean is poor. Cause we, we've spent a lot of time in Mexico this summer and she didn't learn a one Spanish that, word. You are so <laughs> full of it. I was just bragging to Ashley about how good my Spanish got. Like by our third Spanish speaking country trip, I, I felt very confident. But Tasha's mom would just talk slower in English. It's so She'd embarrassing. Like, yeah. you? And she would use her hands and oh, it's like, it's so oh. embarrassing. I think it's easy for us because it's like this is a, 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 obviously a Spanish speaking town, and it's like, but like they're coming, her family's in the Kentucky, so like they go from Kentucky to Mexico. It's like there's no like grace period to warm into speaking Spanish. We should try and keep it up while we're here. Yeah, you but, should. I mean, I speak it at work. I, I I speak it just enough that I can use it at, at my day job, and then I'm now, and then you're, I let it go. Are you a tour, you're a tour guide. I'm not a tour guide. Oh. I, I I am. I'm. I sell tickets at Universal. Oh, I, nice. I work the simplest job possible for the most amount of money. That's amazing. Hell yeah. Yeah, it's great. I've been doing it longer. I've been doing it longer than I've been doing stand up. And honestly, like I'm so ready for it to be done. Yeah. But I have health insurance through there, and I don't there work past like four four thirty at the latest. And That's so. Key. It's it just it works and they let me off. They under they've one day my man one of my managers saw me on TV and was like, hey, so this is like a real thing for you, this comedy thing. I was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, this comedy thing. It's a it's real. And they were like, well, we should just let us know when you really need time off. And I was like, every time I ask for it, like I'm not <laughs> I'm not sitting at home watching movies. I'm so like doing. Where stuff. are you selling the tickets? So you need like a ticket booth? Yeah, or, I just oh, okay. I like yeah. When you when you want to come to Universal, you come to the you come to the ticket. Booth and you and you come to me and then I make you spend more money than you thought you were going to. Because you, you like upsell them. on like special passes. Yeah, and stuff. We, get, we get we get commission and stuff. Oh, you're like I so. need the fast pass. You got to go see Harry Potter. You need the VIP. Oh, see, they don't need anything. I just explain <laughs> why it would be so much better. 
if they did. <laughs> They're like, I, have, I guess you're right. And it's <laughs> it's a weird, you know. I'm good at talking to people. I'm good at I'm good at just like you know, basically like all all stand up is just proving a point anyway, right? So that's what sales is too. It's you're sales. just proving yeah. a point. So you're just selling anyway. And so I'm personable and I'm funny, and then people are more comfortable because I'm just so laid back. I'm like, look, you don't have to do this. You're gonna have a great time no matter what. But if yeah. you do, and then they trust you because they're like, "Well, he was honest with me." Yeah, and I also, I also just look like someone who doesn't give a shit. Like, so they're like, well, "Why is this guy? You know, look at this guy. Like his long hair, and like he looks like he just <laughs> smoked pot five minutes ago." Like, that's like a sitcom. Like the like the uh, the dudes in the, in the little box office just shooting the shit. Just there you go. Yeah. It, so, in speaking of sales, you got a girlfriend of a long time. That's sales right there. That's super sales. Every day you're selling yourself. Yeah, selling myself short. I think is what I, <laughs> is what I'm doing. Yeah, I, it's, I, it's really comes down like like how did you sell? How did you start dating in the first place? Where'd you find? We we have we met in college. Uh, I I went to school in Pittsburgh, and I went I I took a year off after high school. Uh, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do, and then I followed my high school best friend, who I was in. This is gets so complicated. I'm gonna. I'm going to dumb it down. I was in love with my best friend from high school. Uh, I followed her. I got a, I followed her to her college to try to keep the magic alive. At which point I started her best friend in the, in that first year of college is my current girlfriend. How far did you follow her? How far was it? Oh, I grew up in Baltimore, four hours to Pittsburgh. Okay. It's not right. it's not far. But then the school also gave me a lot of scholarship money. The school gave me a ridiculous amount of it. Like but half main, of my four years was covered. But your main reason was to follow the girl you were in love with. But were, just, were you friend zoned? Yeah. Did she know you liked her? Oh, yeah. She knew. She uh, she used me for it. She, really? I, I was too stupid at the time because I thought that she would make me happy. And knowing and like looking back, it's like, no, that's the reason you were miserable all the time. But of course, at 19, I'm too stupid to know any of that yet. And I still don't know what I want to do with my life. And I'm just like uncontrolled and just unfocused. And so yeah. she and my current girlfriend were best friends. We all moved into a house together as soon as I got there. And then me and my current girlfriend started you know canoodling around and then shit eventually that's what you did you took you I, I did advice. I took a huge shit right where I eat and, uh, <laughs> and and you know what like uh, I mean we've known each other since we we've been sleeping together since we were 19 we while we were in college we weren't ever really together together because I just wasn't sure what, I didn't know what I wanted at all so I was like look let's just have fun let's do this and then I after college she went to Europe and I went to came to LA and after about a year she told me she was going to move here and uh, things just instantly rose, were rekindled and so that's been like eight years now wow congrats thanks yeah now how does she, how does it work out with her knowing you, you used to be in love with her friend oh she was she was well aware when we started hooking up that I was in love with that I was in love with her that I was in love with her, my friend uh, and when we lived together it would get a little bit weird because sometimes see my friend the friend that uh, I know I'm not friends with her anymore really she she was really using me like she would come into my room in the morning and be like can I crawl in bed with you and I'd be like yeah sure come on in like when really I had slept you? with my current girlfriend like the night before, like quietly, like we were like, we were like having sex with our hands over each other's mouths, like to not to like be quiet, you know, did uh, she well, know she found out eventually and then she blew up at us and uh, that was the end of the, she, like, she couldn't, cause she couldn't use special. me anymore because she realized she couldn't use me anymore. And then all of a sudden it was just like now this is 
I have no use for you. And we realize we realize well, we don't need you at all. You're a terrible person. You're a monster. So that is pretty monstrous. But like, what would you say? You know, we were I let talk- her do it though, well, so it's on me too. We were talking before about like trolls and audience and people that suck, and you give them the benefit of the doubt. Like, what benefit of the doubt would you give her looking back on it for why she acted that way? Insecurity? Like, what would you say? Because it made it. It was. It's. It made it. Uh, it made her feel good to know that she had just like a little minion that was like ready to do her bidding and all that. And I mean, there were so many. T- I mean, we went on a cross country road trip when we were like for thirty two days. Her and I, when we were eighteen years old. And and on that cross country road trip, she fucked like three different guys in like three different stops Jeez. and stuff. And I was just like, "Let it happen." Like I just stood there and oh, I was like, "Everything." Every, every guy listening has a story that's got like a like a similarities to that. You know, I look back at it though, and I just and I just. I look at it, I was like, I was the idiot. Like, shit, she was being, she was doing things that were awful, but I was the idiot for just going along with it and just being like, but it's okay. We like the same music. We're meant to be together. Like, you know. And I don't mean to call you this because I am so relating to you on all this, but it's pathetic. It was so pathetic. No, no, no. It's 100% pathetic. And then you go on, and then the girl's posting photos with her ex. But then, like, you go back to refresh the page, and the photo's gone. So it's like, I, I've, I've liked the girl who's, like, scrubbing her real life away just so, like, I, I would still be into her. Yeah. But I, even though that wasn't, you know what I mean? She, uh, it's, I mean, like, psychotic. I, well, it, the difference it made, though, was so insane because when I stopped, when I stopped being her, when I got her out of my life, literally everything changed immediately. Like a like, weight is lifted. The clouds it, are clear. It was, yeah, it was even, it, it was, it was so bizarre. Like all of a sudden, like a month after I got rid of her and I was like, I don't want to talk to you anymore. I don't want anything to do with you anymore. I got a job. I got, I got, I got this random audition in Pittsburgh and ended up getting cast in this MTV show that I was like, was like, whoa, okay, what is this madness? And all of a sudden I was doing TV shows and movies and things like that. And it happened like so fast after I got rid yeah. of her that I was just like, whoa. Like, like she was an anchor what's that was happening? holding me back. Yeah. And she it's like she's not it. even. It's like when you talk about someone like this. It's like they're not even a real person. It's like it's a part of you. It feels you know, like, it's like some like demon you're ridding yourself of. Yeah, and it feels like that because she still lives in Pittsburgh. She all, all of her dreams of being an actor and a theater director, she just let fall by the wayside. She's a 32 year old waitress at some like Italian restaurant. You're describing me, a 32 year old waitress. <laughs> That's all I've become. It's a midtown. Yeah, but you know, and it's like, and it's. I'm sure you're not wishing any ill will to her. No, like, no, right? no. It's just I like, hit her up every once in a while just to, because it's. It's part of it is like it is that whole like you know like success is the best revenge kind of thing where it's just like she's she's watched me on TV. She knows like that my that my life is awesome. We always talked about like man, one day we're gonna go out to California and we're gonna go to Coachella and we're gonna do all these things. And like I'm basically living the life that we always talked about having, wow. but I'm just doing it. With her former best friend, uh, and wow. where Jeez, take, take notes, people. That's yeah. cold. take notes. It's cold, but it's no, hey, but it's but it's, no, like, but it's, it's like it's, it's real love. It's not. It's not me trying to get something that's not there. This was always there, and, and I just ignore. I ignored it for the first few years of how much that I did want it because I was like, I'm in college. I can still do whatever I want. Like I don't want to be tied down, you know. But now it's like as soon as she moved out here and we got together again, I was like, oh yeah, like this is nice. Isn't it interesting how 
I like Tasha and I met years ago, but we've been dating for four. But I probably not that I had a choice, but I probably couldn't have dated her when we met. Like it just yeah. it was just a mess. It's just like you gotta really be in the in the environment where you really appreciate somebody's company. I mean, yeah. that's what we always tell people when they ask when they are write in and ask us questions about like, oh, I'm d- trying to date and blah blah blah, and I don't know, and they're whatever. Like tw- they're like twenty two. But it's like uh, the best advice is like you just gotta do yourself. For you sure. just like gotta focus on yourself because you're not finding anyone when you haven't got any of your own shit figured out. You yeah. gotta be true to you, one hundred percent yourself, and that's. When you find the other person that is your perfect match. Yeah, and me taking a year here, me being here for a year by myself and realizing all the learning all these things about myself and starting and I started to do stand up like six months after I moved here and finding I was like and as soon as I did stand up I was like oh that's the thing that's yeah. what I want to do yeah, like I I I will act again in the future but right now it is stand up one hundred percent and I'll you know and when I found that all of a sudden all this pent up energy that I had had for years that I didn't know what to do with so it made me just lash out and be angry and depressed instead I focused all of that into my work and my writing and being on stage and releasing it all up there instead and suddenly I just became a much better person and I started doing a lot more work on myself and the past two years especially I have really really cleaned myself up to the point where I am a person that people want to be around whereas for a long time I would have yeah sometimes he's really great and the rest of the time Jesus Christ I don't <laughs> want anything to do with this yeah oh I've, I've been that guy that people had to literally avoid yeah because I was going through down such a dark spiral of jealousy and uh, just just shit just shit where I'm just not a good person and it for me like the the dark side is is that codependent sort of like uh, not not knowing, uh, I don't know, like not uh, being able to control the outcome if, say, someone doesn't like you or things like that. That's where I, and I'd, I'd talk my way into these dark places, and it's like, I'm naturally not a dark guy. And I had to remind myself, like, there's like, it's like acupuncture for your soul. You have to, like, let that fucking energy out. Yeah. You have to, like, if, t- like, my mom, you know, when I was a kid, I grew up as just single mom. If I was like, you know, in a, you know, in a bad mood or something, just being a kid, she'd let me cry. I'd be, let it out, Dave. Let it out. So now, if like Tasha has a problem, I go, "It's okay, Tasha. You can cry. You can let it out. <laughs> you know, it's fine. We can, we can like just be, share our emotions." And it's because it's weird because we come from, in a lot of ways, parents and in, in, the, in the generation above them that like you cannot shed a tear. Yeah, you'd be considered a little bitch. And I was like, well, but maybe that keeps you from shooting up some plane. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> For sure. No. Your- I, I, let me ask you this. Do you feel weird if he cries around you? Do you feel weird? Sometimes, yes. And I've tried to, like, step back and realize that maybe that's some socialization. But, like. How often do I cry? I cry. Well, I cry saying positive things to you. Yeah. And right. that I no, don't mind at all. That's when I cry, too, though. Yeah. Is when I, when I, uh, the, uh, on Saturday night after my album recording, I went out to a warehouse party uh, with my girlfriend and a couple of friends. And I ate some drugs and I was just like, and and by the time I got home, I was so emotionally just washed from the whole day, just from leading up to the album recording, then actually doing it and having all these people just say such nice things, then me rolling all night. And then I got home and I was laying with my girlfriend, listening to an out, listening to a record. And I was just like, and I was like, and I looked at her, she's like, 
please don't start crying on me. I was like, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just emotionally drained. And she's like, I just can't take it when you, it's one thing you can cry. Do not, like, do not sob on me. And I was like, but just you, because I love you so much. She's like, it's just, it makes me uncomfortable. And I was like, I need to do I it. I think this, it takes so yeah. much more of a man to do that. This is you what, know what I mean? You're right, though, can why I, people shoot ball, up schools. The balls it takes to just, to like show your emotion, the easy things to do. Suck it up. It's like, no. And nobody wants to see you like explode on the coffee table either, no. with, like in a giant rage. There are like one to probably one time a year when something just really hits me and I cry, and it's usually after I've done a certain amount of drugs, where like I'm, I'm out, I'm, I'm out of the heavenly state. There is and a I'm scientific in... explanation to that, of course, of course. <laughs> and then you know, but it's just one of those things where I just feel beautiful, and I'm just so thankful that this is my life. That I suddenly like, and that all the things I have. I was laying on, I was laying down with her, like cuddling with our two pugs on top of us, listening to this beautiful music, and I just, and she was like singing, like singing the words, and I just like, I was like. What a perfect moment this is. You just is. accomplished and some just, amazing stuff. You just recorded your album. Yeah, it was this buildup of like so much. And then like she, and then and you she just let it And then you just let it out. She didn't want to. She was like, please don't. Just don't. I was like, why are you doing this to me? Well, and that she, might she, be did, her own baggage. Does she show her emotions though? She almost never cries. She's pretty. She shows her emotions, but she's a very strong person to the point where it takes. A, like she doesn't just cry out of like like just I've had a hard day like this is too much for me sometimes she doesn't have days like that so I'm a little bit more emotional I think than she is and I'm more willing to just put it out there so and you're leading by example saying like it's okay for us to do this yeah and I also I just think it's good every once in a while to just uh, you know how good a cry feels when it's a positive cry not like somebody died cry but like I I just I can't that's probably the last time yeah but even when someone died crying I mean it's, it's part of the good. process it's therapeutic it's gonna yeah. come out one way or and another and it comes from like a real place too of like vulnerability and openness and yeah. like that's really magical we had Tasha's grandmother and my good friend both passed away this past year and like we had to deal with each other's and you don't know what to do you don't know what to do you're like I'm here for you. That's I'm all you can you. do is be there and, and just it, talk when you need to. She and didn't know my friend and I knew her grandmother, but like just, you know, just a little bit, not uh, clearly what she was going through. And it's like, all we can do is just be like, not freaked out, yeah. just not freaked out and just know that this is part of your life. Yeah. When I, when Tasha cried for the first time, it was her explaining a story about how, a, I'll just, I want to say it quickly because I feel like I've said it before, how like a landlord wouldn't let her be rent this place out because they wouldn't accept her dog. Well, they it's, had already agreed to rent me this apartment. And then like I went in to sign the papers and this, it was just this one lady. And I don't know why she like had it out for me, but she was like, she had it out for me. And, um, she was like changing her mind at the last second. I was going through a breakup complicated story, but she was going to take it out on me. And you're breaking um, down outside, you're crying. And some guy said the guy who works there went to bat for you. And the guy, he got you the place. Yeah. But, but, but in Tasha explaining the story to me, we were both back visiting New York and she was explaining the story. She like stopped. And I, I can detect when she's about to cry, like, uh, like, uh, like when you can detect an earthquake, I got like, <laughs> se- I got, like seven seconds. My knees jingling. What's going on? I'm like, yeah, I'm like, Oh, the pressure's changing. Here it comes. And then, <laughs> and she's, and I'm like, this is beautiful. This is because this is therapy. Yeah. I don't know if you, I don't, maybe you have, maybe you haven't, but I don't know if you ever were able to like cry and share that story. And it's, uh, to, to me, it was such a beautiful moment. 
There's because it was the one thing keeping me from thinking I was dating a robot. I was like, okay, good. Because I was like, up until that point, I was the pathetic one who would cry looking at a sunset. It, ten, it tends to happen to me after some major accomplishment. Like, I, on the way, I, like, so after I filmed Roast Battle, like, and the, the night that I lost, like, in the tournament, I w- had to go, you know, I went to the after party and I was around everybody. And the entire day I'd been surrounded by people that I finally, I was like, you know what? I live two miles from here, from this venue. I'm going to walk home. Yeah. And on the walk home, suddenly I was by myself and everything hit me at once. And it was this feeling of accomplishment, of being proud of what I did and the way I played the game and just and just how far I've come since being that 19-year-old pussy bitch that was just <laughs> that was literally going, I'm so sorry. Did I did I offend you in any way? Did I did I hurt you in any way? I, I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to. Uh, are you okay if I do this? Like all of a sudden I'm my own person that's accomplishing things and reaching goals. And same thing with the album recording night. Finally I got home and I wasn't around hundreds of people anymore and I could really process everything that I had done and everything that had led up to this like monumental achievement in my life and I was just like and I started to tear up a little and my girlfriend just shut it the fuck down. <laughs> like she's just like she's, I was like I was like I'm sorry like and she's like I just I just I can't it makes me feel weird and I was just like why don't you understand how good it is like a cry I and think Tasha's on that board I don't think she feels that I don't think my girlfriend feels that way about a cry I don't think she gets that when I it's so rare that it happens for me that when it does I just feel like, oh, here we go. Maybe Let's she do had it. an ex-boyfriend who was manipulative with the tears. I, don't know, I, I yeah. certainly did. Tasha, I had an ex-boyfriend who like used to always like emotionally manipulate. Like, and he did it to his family too. But it was just like, what was he doing? How was he emotionally manipulating? He would cry to get his way. Yeah, yeah. Um. Like to elicit sympathy. And you know, I'm guilty. It's it's taught me how to deal with Tasha because she she would shut me down too. She would shut me down, and I and I'm and I, not to say my cries were to manipulate her, but like I've had to learn how to put on a stone cold face to negotiate. Oh, that's different, sense. and I don't yeah. know if it's good or bad. I don't know which one's good or bad, but it's like if that's if that's what she needs to right, if that's what Tasha needs to communicate, then it's good. Like if 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 I need to bring to the table stone cold face, monotonous voice, not raising my voice, not shedding a tear, then that's what. That's and if that's progress and that's progress, but there's a lot of things that my that I know my girlfriend still likes to just keep like she's like I don't I don't I don't need to talk about that with you like and like she, there's a lot of things that she keeps inside. There's a lot of times when I'll try to get really philosophical on her and she'll just be like like you know like. What do you what do you think happens when we die? And she's just be like, Alex, I don't have time to think about that. Like, <laughs> I'm thinking about what's gonna happen when I'm alive right now. I can't think about what's I'm gonna not happen opening when I'm that can of worms. And she doesn't. And she's just like, I'm not dealing talk to somebody else about that. That's not what we're gonna talk and about. And we have to learn that we can't always confide in our our girlfriends in in everything. Sometimes yeah. you need a you need a best friend or even a stranger. Sometimes you just need somebody, an aunt, just to like share shit with and and, and just. Be I think good. that definitely qualifies as like emotional labor too. We tend to do this like women do it to each other. Everybody does it to everybody, but you kind of like dump your problems or like your thoughts or whatever on you know you. Sometimes you need other people to help you like sort through what you're thinking or feeling or your plans, and that's a good thing until the point that it's burdensome for right. them, and and so you have to be careful that a it's always like reciprocal like you're you know dumping on each other in the same amount but two that that person's in the same in the right state to be able to handle it yeah one one of the things like i told one of the ways like i really like 
uh, improved my own behavior is for the last, I told myself like about a year, a year and a half ago to stop complaining and just think about what you, be appreciative of what you have and stop complaining about things that you don't have. But the one, the one person I feel like I can complain to, I can vent to, cause I won't, I won't do it. I won't complain to any of my friends, any comics, or I will never like be like, Oh, I wish I had this. I don't do it anymore. Tough. Cause it, yeah, it, it also just doesn't accomplish anything. It makes you sound like whiny. Like cynicism. Just, is calm, just, calm, no one, yeah. We're all in the same boat. Yeah. Yeah. I, I got, I got shut down right away in LA about that. Complaining about not, lack of stage time. Yeah. I was Ari Manis. He goes, well, you should quit. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, I was like, fuck you, man. But I was like, yeah, you got a point. Like, we're all in this. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? But my part. girlfriend gets the gets the brunt of it because I don't complain to anyone else. So if I'm really feeling something, if I'm really feeling frustrated or saddened in any way, I talk to her about it. And I'm like, look, I understand that this is, that this is a lot for you, but I need to get it out somewhere. And you're the person I'm going to talk to about it with. Yeah. But you don't want to bring home that negativity because that'll like poison your home space real quick. No. We no. Uh, what we really need is like cheaper than like a shrink, but like we need like a phone line that you call that like is a person who's just like a paid listener. Like just call the suicide hotline. <laughs> every, they're open every single day. People call me 401-487-0545. Call my number. I don't know whose number I just gave out. They hate <laughs> you forever. Oh, that, that was very close to my real number. <laughs> Tasha's looking at me like, um, I accidentally gave Tasha's, uh, what did I give out? Your security code or something? What are you talking about? I killed Tony. They were like, what's the, I gave out some, they were like, they were asking me questions about her and I just like blurted one out. <laughs> My like, what did you give code away? code for your bank card, your social like security number. Like your, your phone lock code or something. Well, I got to change my phone lock code well, now. That's too late for that. Is, well, either <laughs> way, they were like, holy shit. I was like, yeah, I probably should have used a fake one on that. <laughs> like... But anyway, so, okay, we're actually at 50 minutes. you believe that? We'll go a few more minutes, then we'll get out yeah, of here. Yeah, by all means. Are you, um, b- b- before we do get out of here, what can uh, we promote with you? Your social media? Like, where can people find yeah, you? Yeah, that's the easiest thing. Hoopercomedy.com uh, or at Hooperhairpuff on Instagram and Twitter, just like it's spelled, Hooperhairpuff. Uh, and, and then Namaste Pug. Namaste Pug. And then PugYogaCalendar.com, <laughs> CraveComedy.com. Crave is my uh, event that I throw where it's an all-night. Oh, yeah, I duh. saw that. Did that just happen? We just had... One, uh, we just have one as part of a festival out, out in the desert. It's so like, you do like camp. It's like camping. We do so like our, the show has always been like comedy followed by an all night dance party, and then we have like live art and fire spinners and stuff like that, and all kinds of just crazy uh, stuff. But then lately, this past year, we've been attaching ourselves to festivals that don't have comedy and going in there and theming a show specifically for their festival. So we've been doing like a couple campouts and things like oh, that. Fun. That's yeah. so cool. It's it's really it's really really rad it's a very it's totally free expression we put on insane costumes and outfits and we actually like at this point because of it we actually create we have our own fashion line that my girlfriend makes all these like fe- my girlfriend and her friends make all these festival clothes so you can look up cravebazaar.com as well cravecomedy.com we're a whole we're trying to we're trying to make the world more silly and colorful with everything we do that's Jeez, basically our guideline yeah right we that's I, is that a weird place we're in where like people are getting more it's becoming like it's just like Handmaid's Tale that show. It's like people are becoming more not like nuts conservative, and then more like hippie, 
right? Or is it yeah. just me? Well, that because just you seeing... need a balance. Like, if everybody was, like, sort of close to the middle, like, then we wouldn't need such, like, a wide, you know? But you have to, like, even the scales. So if people are going to go so hard one way, like, you got to go just as far as the other. Yeah, sometimes I look at, like, I'm just, like, I'm promoting a pug yoga calendar. Meanwhile, <laughs> I'm looking at a tweet of, like, devastation in Puerto Rico. They won't have power for six months. And so I have these thoughts of, like, what am I doing? This is, And then I think, like, no. Like, this is the time to just do something completely mundane and just do what beautiful. You're, do what you're good and at. Share, yeah. share that. And you just know, put d- smiles on people's faces. Every interaction I have with somebody, all I want is for them to walk away feeling good about themselves. Because I used to go the other way. I was so miserable that I would try to bring people down. And I would be like, oh, I'm going to bring everybody down to my level. Now, I'm like, let's bring everybody up to my level. Let's, have, let's all stay up here. And sometimes, I get it. It's annoyingly positive thing of how I try to be. No, but, but you never know. Like a, a simple smile could change somebody's whole day. And it can, for sure. It does. Yeah. Yeah, it really does. And uh, and if you're, yeah, and the negative energy, I mean, it's just not as powerful. Like love is the strong. So like when, when, you, when you know, whenever you're having affirmations, whenever I'm feeling like really good about something, I just think about more good things because you really are operating at like a much stronger frequency. It sounds so like new age to say, but it's like, Dude, like that's we're all dust. You know what I mean? Like that's the only thing yep. binding us together is energy and love and, and like decaying skin suits, man. We only <laughs> have a limited <laughs> amount of time. And then we and then we fuck off and we go out of here and we leave. And it's like in the meantime, maybe maybe do something you love or something that like like you know you can't always go to Puerto Rico and rebuild. But like Jim Norton, he's he's doing shows in Texas. I just heard on his tour and he's donating all the proceeds to you know what I mean? Like yeah. he's turning laughs into that's his currency and he and people can leave there feeling good and. And, you know, we're, you know, with comedy, like, we get so inside it all where it's not always enjoyable because so much of working on the joke is just amongst the comics. You're in the grind. And I'm not trying to complain about it. No, but it's not but that feeling what... of, like, when you when you go out of town and the whole audience is like, dude, that's fucking great. How come I haven't heard of you before? Blah, blah, yeah. blah. This is amazing. You're like, oh, there's more of this. For there's sure. 300 million people in this country and we're just testing a material in front of seven. Yeah. <laughs> and if you're listening to this podcast, whether you want to admit it or not, you have a level of privilege that most people in the world don't have. That's what I always try to think of. Like, if you have the time to be listening to this podcast, maybe it's on your drive to work where you have a job where so many people, there's so many things that you can look at and just like, be, ha- be grateful happy for. that you have them. And I look around, I like a couple years ago, I looked around in my life and I was just so, and I was like, why am I unhappy ever that I have all these great friends and I get to do stand up with the people that I watched on TV when I was a kid and that I get to just do all these silly great things. I have these beautiful dogs and I live in Los Angeles and it's just like, I, that's why I don't complain anymore. Yeah. Cause I'm just like, shut up, Alex. <laughs> shut what, what, up. what do you tangibly do to go from, cause we all, it's like, they say like yoga and, and it's like a meditation. It's a practice. You have to do it constantly. Well, you what know what you, I did like, last year is I did, I did my, I, I wrote on Facebook about a different person every single day. I called it my awesome person recognition of the day. And it was a leap year. I did 366 posts about wow. how these people inspire me to uh, people that I know, how they inspire me to be better, why they're such a great person. 
person and things. And all of a sudden, the longer I did it, I was like, how could I ever be unhappy when I'm able to write about 366 people that influence my life for the better? Yeah. Like, And all of a sudden, when I started thinking, like, when I did that project, and then, you know, yoga helps, meditation helps. I slackline, personally. Yeah, that's that, a new thing you started doing, right? Yeah, like six months, five, six months ago. And then that's, like, physical meditation, and it just clears me out, and I, and I just bounce on this line and walk around. And Physical it, things, like mechanical repetitive things I find are so amazing. Yeah. That's why I love running. Yeah. You're just fucking running and you're seeing the same. It's like, it's like for me, it's busy silence. It's like I go batting, I do the batting cages with, a, with a, some baseball players. I just started doing that again. And it's like, you're just, you're not overthinking about, you're just f- focused on the moment. And it's so hard for us to, to just, f- not just focus on the moment, but just like focus on nothing. Yeah. Just have that moment where we just like, like clear it clear it out that's just like crying it's like clearing it out yep and just not worrying so much because it, that doesn't get us anywhere yeah that's what slacklining has done for me and i mean honestly like it's it's one of those things where you're never gonna feel worse after you exercise you're never gonna regret having exercise every time it's done no matter how exhausted or are no matter how terrible you smell you just feel that even if you do nothing else that day you still feel like you had an accomplished day oh. just because you went on this hour long hike. It's or got whatever. me through every like sort of like micro depression. Yeah. Like everything is you, you literally can sweat it out of you. Um, so the dog's fucking interrupting the background. He's, <laughs> yeah. He thinks. Yeah. See, he's here's so what sweet. he's doing. I don't know if people can hear this. He thinks that we're so involved in not paying attention to him. He's actually trying to break into his food, which he which he knows in the history. Well, he's sig- signaling to us like, "Hey, I'm hungry." And it's like, bro, Open it's still light out. Clearly, you're not getting fed yet, so chill out. He's, he's mis- <laughs> he does this when there's someone new here. He he doesn't know where he stands in the rank. Yeah. So he's like, "All right, maybe I'm above this new guy, so I can break into my food now." Well, he is. I mean, he's definitely, I'm low man on the totem pole right now. Whenever comes in, he jumps on the furniture and he's like, you still can't do that. Like, it's still. Yeah, if this place were to light on fire right now, like, I'm like, you guys, take the dog. I'll put the fire out. Get out of here. It's good. We love dog people. It's, uh, yeah, we'll have to do, how do your dogs deal with, uh, with other dogs? Oh, there, they're right? great. Yeah, yeah, they're, yeah, they're, they're very social. So. Pugs, they're, they're a pug wonderful. and a basset hound. That would be a. That would be a good Pixar movie right there. Right. <laughs> it could cause some crime, crime fighting dogs, the pug and the basset. I, I drove by. It's such an L.A. thing. I was stuck at um, Hollywood and Highland. There was a, a shooting in a shoe store. <laughs> like Such an L.A. thing. But I'm sitting there, and there's a, right, there's a canine unit that pulls up next to me, and like the dog jumps out on the leash, and it's this beautiful black. What, I don't even know what kind of dog. German they, Shepherd, probably. Was it? Yeah, it was, it was really skinny, but not like, it was healthy, but it was, this thing was like ready to solve this case. And I was like, oh, that guy's, that dog's got a story. Like, our dog just sits here and licks his own like legs the whole day. <laughs> oh, yeah. And this dog's fighting crime on Hollywood Boulevard. What does your pug do? Does he do, do, two like, pugs? Yeah, I mean, one of them is one of them has all the energy in the world, and the one that does yoga is just very stoic and lazy, and just like she's older. She had a, she came from a Korean kill shelter, like she was way overbred, oh, and wow. like so she like so we're literally like every time we're just like we just put pillow. We're like you just lay on pillows all day, and then my like Carlton, my boy dog is like he. I used to run run runyon with him, like he was my oh, nice. personal trainer to the point where he would get so far ahead of me. And then he would just turn around, and look at like, are you coming? Are you coming? Because I'm up here now. <laughs> aren't, they, aren't, they, aren't they tough with breathing? They like they get that later on in life. Um, but he's never had any issues whatsoever. I mean, he has he has a freakish amount of energy. It's 
he will never slow down unless you force him to. It's really, it's really, it's really silly. People are always like, "Is that a pug up?" And I'm just like, "Yep." Boone will do that, but he's got such stumpy legs that he'll have the energy until like all of a sudden he quits. Like there's no slowing down his energy. It's just all, and then like I'm carrying him out of the Grand Canyon. Yeah, like just completely done. He's uh, anyway. He gives it his all though. That's he gives good. it his all. That's what he tries to do. He's got stumpy legs, but he gives it his all. Uh, Tasha, we got to get out of here. Anything you need to promote? No. Uh, send me a message on Snapchat or Instagram at Tasha Courtney on Instagram, Tasha TV on Snapchat. And one more time, your social? Hooper Hairpuff. H-O-O-P-E-R-H-A-I-R-P-U-F-F. Everyone send Alex a note on his social. Tell him you heard him here. Please do. And also, yeah, come back on before the the uh, the um, your special comes out. Yeah, I would love to. And be. what's the pug Instagram? Oh, Namaste Pug. Namaste Pug. Yeah, Namaste yeah, Pug. the Bassett on Instagram will follow. Oh, <laughs> sweet. Oh, yeah. He's, uh, he's been a little inactive lately. We're, uh, we're bad parents. He's uh, what, what no I no no. You're good parents. <laughs> You're bad social media people. That's a big I just difference. Hate how there's basset hounds that follow us that have like six figure followings, and I'm like, our I dog's know. way cuter than yours. You, you dummy. You just got like some <laughs> house mom just taking cute photos all day of him. Yep, that's how it works. Anyway, thanks so much for being on the show. Thanks um, for having me. Uh, uh, sex actually pod on Instagram, sex actually podcast at gmail.com. So go ask us questions in the future. Uh, oh, are you going to try to get the dog uh, making noise? Yeah. I, I mean, he, he's, Aww. yeah, he's <laughs> growling a little bit. Him, like here, the... just put it up to him. Say bye, Boone. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it is. One more time, Boone. Wow. You like those long nails of his? All right, anyway, that's <laughs> the episode of Sex Act Project. Thank you so much, Alex, for joining us. Tasha, Courtney, and Dave Neal. Bye, everybody. Bye. Oh, that's the key.